What's up, guys? Brendan Boylan, writer for the Saints News Network on SI.com, award-winning filmmaker, and, of course, the new host of the Houdat Discussion. I want to thank you guys once again for all the love and support that you guys have shown me since I've taken over the podcast for Andrew Galata uh, and the weird up and down, mostly down, Offseason for the New Orleans Saints continues. Last time I was on the podcast, I was joined by a friend and colleague, the lead writer and reporter for the Saints News Network, John Hendricks. We talked about David Onyemata and his six-game suspension for performance-enhancing drugs. And today, not great news either, as the 2019 Offensive Player of the Year, Michael Thomas, is not expected to be ready for the start of the season. He had a surgery in June to repair ligaments in his right angle. That injury, remember, came all the way back week one last season against Tampa Bay, and he's still not 100%. The recommended recovery time for that surgery, about four months. So Thomas could miss some extended time. We'll dive into that. We'll also dive into a new name, for the Superdome. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's hit the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Powered by Overtime Media. Well, as I said, a weird offseason for the New Orleans Saints, and it's not getting any better. Coming into the offseason, a lot of people, myself included, thought that wide receiver would be a position the Saints need to address. And, hey, hindsight's twenty twenty, but the New Orleans Saints are definitely going to be looking at free agency less than a week before training camp starts because there's not a lot of guys with experience in that wide receiving corps, and they lost their most experienced member. As you heard in the introduction, Michael Thomas, the Saints All-Pro wideout, he is expected to miss some time and not be ready for the start of the 2021 season. Again, Thomas had surgery to repair some ligaments in his right ankle, that injury that nagged him throughout 2020 and you go all the way back to January the 19th a tweet from Adam Scheffner regarding Michael Thomas and his injury quote Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas is likely to have surgeries on both the torn deltoid and other injured ligaments in his high ankle this offseason Thomas knew it was likely Drew Brees' last year and didn't want to miss out trying to win a Super Bowl with him well I think the initial question that a lot of fans have had is, well, why did Michael Thomas wait until June to have a surgery on his ankle that we knew needed to be surgically repaired all the way back in January? I think the easiest answer is right there in Scheffner's tweet all the way back in January. He was going to have surgery on both the torn deltoid and other injured ligaments and his high ankle. Now, I'm not sure if Michael Thomas has already had some surgeries, but let's be honest, guys. You can't continuously go under the knife time and time again in one offseason. Maybe Thomas, listen, we all know who Michael Thomas. He's a competitor. He's a little stubborn. 
maybe he thought that's just some rehab. We'll, we'll be able to get through this injury okay, and we get to June, and hey, it's it's not where we'd like it to be. And Thomas goes ahead and gets the surgery. Obviously a huge blow for the New Orleans Saints, even in his limited time last season. Thomas was definitely a force to be reckoned with last season. 37 catches for 421 yards uh, over the six contests after he came back from injury and, of course, the touchdown in the playoffs. The Saints are a better team with him, let's just be honest, and I don't think there's any hiding that. Uh, But now with him injured, this is not a situation like last season where you have a veteran like Emmanuel Sanders who's able to step in and, and be your number one option. I thought Sanders did a fantastic job. Obviously hit uh, a couple different contract things and was able to get those incentives and make some money. We all remember how that went. He was very quick to flash the, the money signs after that catch uh, late in the season that guaranteed him some incentives. But this is not the same situation, like I said It looks like your number one receiver right now if the Saints don't sign anybody, which I definitely expect them to bring some guys in to take a look before training camp starts, is you're looking at a guy like Traquan Smith. Now, Traquan going into his fourth NFL season, it's been a roller coaster ride. And listen, I like Traquan Smith. I think that he offers a lot of potential for the New Orleans Saints, especially stretching the field and hitting some home run passes. And when you have a guy like Jameis Winston who has a rocket arm, you're going to be able to open up some more of those opportunities than you have over the last few years because whether you're a big Drew Brees fan or you're a guy or or gal who supports and defends Drew Brees no matter what, I think it's very easy to say that uh, Drew's arm strength was not where it was uh, during the prime of his NFL career over the last two years. It was a little bit more difficult to get the ball downfield and I know the air yards number is a joke uh, amongst Saints Twitter, and there's been a plenty of memes and whatnot about it, but his air yards simply uh, were the lowest of his career and, and the lowest in the league, and I think that has something to say about uh, his arm strength and, and just how Sean Payton decided to run the offense the last two years, especially being able to get into your playmaker's hands like Kamara and some of those slant routes with, with Michael Thomas, but Traquan is a guy, as I said, has been a roller coaster. It's not that he's inexperienced. It's just that he has not proven himself to be a true number one or, frankly, a true number two wideout in the NFL. So that raises concerns. Now, fans, before you jump all over me, what about Marquez Callaway? I like Marquez Callaway. I really do. But you're asking a lot of a second-year player to come in and be your number two receiver, especially a guy who didn't rack up wide receiver two or even wide receiver three numbers last year, didn't even eclipse 300 receiving yards, uh, but showed a lot of promise and definitely stepped up for the Saints when they needed it. I definitely look at at that Chargers game on Monday night where he had some some key plays, and he stepped up at different points when uh, Emmanuel Sanders uh, was out due to health and safety protocols or COVID protocols. But again, that's a lot of pressure for a month or so in the season to ask a guy to be the number two guy. You got Deontay Harris, who he he is lightning in a bottle, uh, but he's had some injury history, right? And he's a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of experience in the slot. He has gained some more of that 
and Sean Payton is trying to find him a true role on the offensive side of the football. Uh, but again, not a lot of experience there. We can continue to go down the list and just say there's not a whole lot of experience. There's not a whole lot of experience. Listen, there's not a whole lot of experience at tight end either. Uh, Adam Troutman, a guy who I expect to make a huge jump and fantasy football-wise is definitely a guy that I'd keep my eyes out on. You can read some articles about that that I'll have coming out on Saints News Network because fantasy football is right around the corner, but there's not a lot of experience there either, and I think there's plenty of concern moving forward to what the Saints should do. Again, the athletic reporting, Thomas may miss up to five games after ankle surgery. Uh, That's Larry Holder, and we, we don't know. And that's going to be the thing that becomes extremely frustrating for Saints fans, very similar to what happened with the 2020 season with Michael Thomas. We just don't know when he's going to be available to come back. And the whole Houdad Nation just hopes that Michael Thomas can return to that 2019 form because, man, he really carried that team on his back. Obviously, Alvin Kamara doing that last season. But before we go deeper into this conversation about Michael Thomas, how his loss affects the New Orleans Saints, how does it affect Alvin Kamara, and are there guys that New Orleans could sign, we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Hootat Discussion Podcast. Well, before that break, we were talking about Alvin Kamara putting the team on his back last season. Of course, Michael Thomas the year before, and they kind of flip-flopped, right? In 2019, Camaro was dealing with some injuries, and uh, Michael Thomas came in and what set the record for, for receptions in a season, a record that I thought would probably never, ever uh, come down. Marvin Harrison had that record for, for a while, and I thought, uh, I thought, and I think a lot of people thought that 144 receptions, nobody's ever going to come close to that ever again, and, and Michael Thomas proved us wrong. And then you look at 2020, and Thomas missed so much time, and there were so many questions, and obviously COVID was a whole thing, and Camaro was simply incredible. You know, 20, 20 total touchdowns for, for Alvin Camara, and obviously the six touchdowns on Christmas. He did everything for the New Orleans Saints. He was their leading receiver. Uh, for a long time, and, and honestly, I don't have the numbers in front of me, it probably finishes the Saints' leading receiver last year, ran the ball extremely well, but can the Saints afford to do that again? Can Alvin Kamara really carry this team again? And uh, th- That's a lot of pressure on, on a guy like, like Kamara. Over 80 catches every single one of his uh, first four NFL seasons. He's tremendous. He is absolutely Tremendous. He's a one-of-a-kind talent. He's a very likable guy. Uh, has done a lot of great things in the offseason, um, including the NASCAR adventure um, and getting promoted to a position with NASCAR. But as we head into another season with Camara, who's on Hall of Fame number pace, to ask him to be the do-it-all guy at that level with that much output again, I don't know if the Saints can succeed that way. And I think it is very necessary for the Saints to go out and get uh, a free agent wide receiver. Now, let's just be frank, there's no replacing the production of Michael Thomas with one signing. Now, you're going to have to do it by committee. And there are plenty of, of guys on this roster that I think are very capable of being good and quality 
uh, receivers in this league. I mean, Traquan Smith, I think, can make that jump this year. I mentioned that earlier. I think Callaway's got a bright future. Uh, Jawan Johnson's a guy that I think doesn't get enough credit. Um, I know that he was looking at potentially making that move into tight end, but with how slim the Saints are at wide receiver, I wouldn't be surprised to see Johnson just stay at receiver and uh, continue to grow into that role. He's a great blocker downfield, and he, he's got great size. So I could definitely see him turn into a quality target for the New Orleans Saints. But looking at free agents, there, there's a couple names that jump off the list initially. I think D.D. Uh, D. Westbrook is one. I know that he was visiting with the Minnesota Vikings this week. I think the second one's Golden Tate, a veteran receiver who I think would make a lot of sense for New Orleans. The only problem is there's not a lot of size uh, when it comes to Golden Tate, but a veteran guy, great route runner, I think um, ha- has had some good years over the last few years, obviously not in his prime at this point, but could at least offer some of that veteran leadership for the New Orleans Saints and uh, could definitely have some production for them as well. And I think my favorite fit for New Orleans, and I think it's just my favorite because he is a former Saint and you'd like to see him return, uh, because there's always those what-ifs with certain Saints players. And I think this is one big what-if, uh, is Kenny Stills. And I think Kenny Stills would be a good guy to bring back. Knows the system fairly well and was here for for a little bit. And uh, maybe just a, a younger version uh, of Golden Tate to be playing similar roles. Um, being able to come across the middle, play in the slot, come outside, and... Um, just be a, a good glue piece for the team. Not a whole lot of expectations, but a guy with some NFL experience, a guy that can play um, in the slot and also bump outside if he needs to. So those are some options that the New Orleans Saints have. But back to what I was saying, I mean, this is going to be a committee that replaces Michael Thomas. There's nobody in free agency that you're going to be able just to pop in there and say, okay, well, he's going to put up Michael Thomas-like numbers. He's going to have the Michael Thomas-like effect on this team. And... There's going to be a big impact on Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I think the bright side is if Jameis wins the starting job, which the reports that Taysom uh, has the upper hand have came out. We haven't quite talked about that yet. But if Jameis wins the starting job, there are plenty of videos and, and you've seen plenty of his New Orleans Saints teammates go out and train with Jameis this offseason, kind of already building that chemistry. Uh, not saying Taysom hasn't done that, we just haven't seen it as um, broadcasted on social media as we have with Jameis Winston. So I think there already is a chemistry there. Obviously, Taysom started some games for New Orleans last year, uh, but we saw more of a running Taysom Hill. Not as much through the air. Some in that second Falcons game, in that third game that he started, that was his uh, first NFL touchdown pass for Taysom, but we know if Taysom wins the starting quarterback job, it's going to be a little bit more of a a college spread offense. We know if it's going to be Jameis Winston, you're going to be able to push the ball down the field, but not having a guy like Michael Thomas really affects you. I mean, you look at Taysom Hill and what he was able to do during uh, his four starts for the New Orleans Saints. Who was his number one target? Michael Thomas. Mike Thomas's two best games of the season came against the Atlanta Falcons with Taysom Hill at quarterback you know, racking up 90 yards in both contests. And that's a safety valve for a guy like Taysom Hill. Uh, Even though he's in his 30s, 
a young quarterback, a guy who doesn't have a lot of starting quarterback experience, only four games, right? So having a, a veteran guy that is a two-time All-Pro receiver in Michael Thomas, I mean, that, that's a guy that, you know, I can throw the ball somewhere in that vicinity, and MT is going to go get it for me. When you have a guy like Jameis Winston who uh, is on a almost like a prove-it contract uh, with a lot of incentives in there for the Saints to say, hey, prove it to me. But I think on the same hand, Jameis saying, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna prove it to you guys. I'm going to take a chance on myself and try to earn more money later. It's a guy who hasn't started in the league in a year. And yes, I'm a firm believer that Jameis Winston is a quality starting quarterback in the NFL. I know you have the 30 interceptions just a few years ago and the 30 touchdowns being the first player to ever do that. He threw for 5,000 yards. He had to. Uh, to keep his team in games. But this is a guy with a strong arm. He was the first pick of the draft for a reason. Heisman Trophy winner, BCS national champion. Uh, He was a pro bowler. People forget that. He was a pro bowler his rookie year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Having a guy like Michael Thomas when you're making your first start for a new team is extremely helpful, and that's not going to happen for Taysom or Jameis, no no matter who plays quarterback. You're not going to have Michael Thomas week one. You're going to have some guys who, as I said, are very young, some guys that are not super experienced with the offense, and you're going to have to lead them. It's going to, it would be a lot easier to be able to rely on Michael Thomas. Now, you do have Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, and let's be completely honest, the quarterback's best friend is, yes, the run game, and I think Latavius Murray is the most underrated running back in all of football. And if you have been following me in my time with Saints News Network on SI, whether that's been writing or whether that's been some of the live shows we've done on Facebook and Twitter and what have you, I've gone on record saying that Latavius Murray is the most underrated running back in all of football because of what he's able to do as a one-two punch with Alvin Kamara. And Kamara steals the spotlight, and rightfully so. Kamara is a generational talent. But those two as a one-two punch will be Taysom or Jameis' best friend, especially as they navigate through what is a difficult stretch of the season. I think there's going to be some soul-searching and not a brand-new identity, but this is the first time in 15 years the Saints are going to march out onto that field week one without Drew Brees as their starting quarterback, and it's going to be different. And the offense, though it's not going to be entirely brand new, it's going to look different. And it's going to be a little bit of an experiment the first couple weeks, maybe some trial and error, and just trying to get comfortable. And Alvin and Latavius are going to be crucial to the success of this team, particularly in those first five weeks of the NFL season where... You don't have Michael Thomas. No, that's not for sure. I'm just going off of what the reports are saying is it looks like it's going to be at least five weeks. But let's go ahead and talk about what the Saints have the first few weeks of the NFL season. I wouldn't call it brutal by any means, but it's not not easy either. You get the Packers at home. That's on September the 12th. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, about 50 days to, to week one. And then you go to Carolina, and then to New England, 
then home for the Giants, and away at Washington and away at Seattle. So that is your first six games of the season, and you could be without Michael Thomas for all of them. Now the Saints do get an early bye week, uh, which will be very helpful in trying to get Thomas back, but it's not a brutal stretch by any means, but you are playing on the road a little bit, um, and you get the Panthers, which are a divisional opponent, and you get Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches in the game, and you get a young, and what I think is an exciting New York Giants team, So, and we haven't even talked about the Packers and not knowing what's going on with them. Is Rodgers going to start? What's going to happen there? But it's it's not the greatest stretch. I, honestly, there's no stretch of games where you're like, oh, I'd really like to miss my number one receiver. But it, it's hard to open up the season that way. And looking at New Orleans and looking at what they have at receiver, as I said, you're going to have to dig deep and, and try to find a veteran guy to at least compete in camp. Now, you might get the absolute best out of these young guys, and they might produce in every way possible. But this is a team with some holes, and we felt that going into the offseason, linebacker was a hole, corner was a hole, and receiver. The Saints addressed corner with Paul Adebo in the draft. Uh, receiver wasn't addressed. Uh, you have the seventh-round pick in... Kawan Baker, who we haven't talked about, he might be a guy that finds his way onto a roster and, and potentially into some playing time because of you know the Michael Thomas injury. And linebacker they addressed as well with, with Pete Werner in, in the second round. So I, I felt like receiver was third. I thought it was that order, corner, linebacker, and receiver. And the Saints did address two of the three. But as I started the podcast with hindsight's 2020, and you might look back and say, you know what, I really wish we went and grabbed that receiver. So I think the expectation is you're really going to need Traquan to step up and show in a contract year that he's worth bringing back and he's worth being a number two receiver or number three receiver for this football team. And I think this is a golden opportunity for Traquan to showcase what he can do. He's got great size, great speed. He's made some tough catches over the middle in his young New Orleans career. So I think he's looking forward to that challenge. He's been working out a lot with Jameis Winston, growing that chemistry. And maybe if they knew that Thomas was going to miss some time, they went ahead and, and got some of those workouts in intentionally. Uh, that's just some speculation, but they've been working out a lot together. I think, too, Callaway, we expected a jump. It's going to have to be a pretty big jump, and I expect big things out of, out of Callaway. And he showed a lot of poise. He's an excellent route runner. Uh, I think all those things need to be shown yet again in, in 2021. And then finally, uh, Kamara is going to have to be Alvin Kamara, but I think even more importantly, Latavius Murray is going to have to uh, prove why I think he's the most underrated back in all the football. He's definitely going to have a heavy workload uh, this season, especially early on without Michael Thomas. But the one thing I'll say, and we'll close the thoughts on Michael Thomas on this note, is just know that the determination, the hunger out of Michael Thomas, I know everybody's going to be precautious. This has been a lingering injury, and the New Orleans Saints don't want this to continue, but I wouldn't put 
it past Michael Thomas, just like we didn't put it past Drew Brees to return from injury a little bit sooner than expected. Let's move on uh, to a little bit of news regarding the naming rights of the Superdome before we close out the podcast. Well, Mercedes-Benz Superdome, no longer. We saw earlier in the week that the signage from the stadium was removed uh, and a new name has now been approved. And that new name is the Caesar Superdome. Yes, Louisiana lawmakers approved the naming rights agreement with Caesars Entertainment, this happening earlier in the week. Uh, They're not going to disclose the financial terms, but it is a 20-year agreement with Caesars Entertainment, so the Caesar Superdome, get used to it. It sounds a little weird now, but it's going to be uh, the name of that New Orleans landmark for years to come. Uh, the deal's approximate value is about $138 million. But again, they're not going to release the financial details of the agreement. Now, New Orleans and the Superdome officials have agreed to modernize the facility with some renovations uh, to the venue for the next 15 to 20 years. It is a $450 million renovation project. It was approved back in November of 2019. Well, the NFL will play its first game inside of the newly named Caesars Superdome. That's against the Green Bay Packers on September the 12th. Kickoff is set for 3.25 p.m. Central Standard Time. It is America's Game of the Week. It'll be on Fox. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman as the announcers. So drop a comment below. What do you think of the new name of the Superdome? And what is one player that you think needs to step up for the New Orleans Saints in place of Michael Thomas, who's expected to miss at least a month as he recovers from ankle surgery? Well, again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast. Thanks for all the love that you guys have been showing me. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at BT Boylan. You can follow all of my articles, all of my work and my colleagues' work at Saints News on Twitter, or you could type in saints.media. It'll take you straight to the Saints News Network site on si.com. Well, that's all the time we have for the Hoodat discussion podcast today and as always find your peace spread love practice positivity we'll see you next time